All right, friends, so this morning, um, I had Raya make me this cool slide. I've been, you guys, this is kind of a dated reference. Some of the counselors might know it, but have you ever seen Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide? Anybody? Okay, no, that's okay. Um, it's a great show, and you should watch it, because there's actually like a lot of truth bombs in there about like actually how to survive school, so that's a great thing. But I wanted to steal that, because we're talking about camp today. And so we're going to talk in just a second about uh, some tips I have for some post-camp survival things. And for those of us who went to camp, uh, you, if you've been before either summer camp or winter camp, you know that the camp high is a real thing. You know the camp high is a real thing because it's a whirlwind, right, camp. If you, especially if you went this weekend, I legitimately can't believe how much stuff they put into three days or maybe four days. I wasn't even sure like how long it was because I was kind of in a caffeine-induced like haze. And it's just crazy because we're running from different things like gathering where we're hearing God's word and we're worshiping and then we're going to breakout sessions and then we're going to free time where we eat lots of junk food and then we're going to like another gathering and then we go to small groups and in our cabins and we have those deep conversations and we have dance parties, and there's night free time, and then you eat more junk food, and it's just crazy. There's all this stuff happening, and you really don't take a break. There's just no stopping. And so the solution to that is, if you're me, you drink coffee, or you drink monster energy drinks, or you drink both, not really at the same time, but kind of like in the same window, so you just got all this caffeine flowing through you. And a lot of what we do at camp, right, even though it's crazy, even though there's all these things, it's so good. Because we're doing all these things that are growing our faith and enriching us spiritually and building community. But we come back from that weekend realizing that we really haven't rested. And it's ironic, right? Because we're supposed to be going up to camp to rest. But we get back and, it, like, this is how I was feeling and maybe some of you guys can relate. I was physically exhausted. I just don't sleep well at camp. And I stayed up late hanging with the senior men, which was awesome. But after that, I was just worn out. I was real tired. And it took me like three or four days after to catch up on sleep. And I was tired, exhausted emotionally, because you have all these deep, hard conversations that you didn't know that you needed to have. And then you're like, OK, wow, I'm worn out emotionally, too. And you just realized um, that even though it's these good things, we love our Trinity family so much and we love all the things that we did at camp, that you're just exhausted in every sense of that word. And so you try to go home for a second, and then you, you're, you're breathing, you're taking a second to rest. But also, if you're like me, I tried real hard to get my homework done before I left for the weekend, and that just didn't happen uh, completely. So the minute I got home, I dropped Cody off back at his house, and then I drove home, and I started doing homework for seminary, because I was behind on all that stuff. And so I was like, oh, tonight I'm going to rest. Just kidding. I have to do a bunch more things. And I just realized in our culture as a whole, we're just not very good at resting. If you went to Sanctuary, the speaker, his name's Alan, and he wrote a, a couple of books that Cody and I have been reading, and they're really good. They're really helpful. And basically, it's just talking about how in our culture, in our society, we just really can't stop. We're bad at sitting still. We're bad at being alone, we're bad at having silence and time to just actually rest. And the byproduct of those bad things, of those habits where we, we aren't resting, is that we often forget what God's done. And we can have this tendency to dismiss what happened up at camp as just being hopped up on caffeine, like I said, or just kind of high on emotion, 
and you don't really follow up on those decisions or you just kind of, it just fades from your memory. And then we always talk about, we have these conversations in our cabins, oh, I want to do this. I'm going to change my life in this way. And a week later, nothing's changed. And a month later, you kind of forgot about what happened, what God did up at camp. And we just kind of switch right back into another mode of busyness, and we just keep on going. And we just, it wasn't that we forgot or that we didn't want to or that we weren't going to try, but life just picks up, and we have busyness, and we have classes, and we have these things that just are consuming all of our attention. And so I wasn't here for this, but that's why we took a little bit of time. Uh, hopefully some of you guys shared what God did in your lives at camp. And I told the senior men this in one of our cabin talks, but there is power when you name something that God's done. If you, if you claim that God has done something in, in your life, if you claim that you've made a decision for God in your life, there's power in that claim. And it's refusing to give Satan a foothold, refusing to kind of forget, refusing to remember the amazing things that God's done when we say those things out loud and when we share them with one another. And... It's when we refuse to continue giving in to sin and we admit that we need uh, help from our brothers and sisters, when we admit that in the presence of community, um, that's when real change happens. And in our passage for today, we're going to be reading out of uh, the book of 1 Timothy. If you guys uh, have your Bibles or you want to grab one, uh, chapter 6 is where we're going to be camping out today, starting in verse 11. So uh, we'll give you guys a second to turn there. And just a little bit of, of context about the book of 1 Timothy. Timothy is one of Paul's many companions. And if you've ever gone through and read the book of Acts or just heard about that, Paul goes on all these missionary journeys. And Timothy is with him for sections of that time. And Timothy, similarly to us when we go up at camp, he'd had these mountaintop experiences because he's working with Paul, who is like one of the all-time great evangelists and church planters. And so he's working side by side with him, kind of going through these different communities in Macedonia. You can read all about it in Acts chapter 16. And they're building up these different churches. Bless you. And they're evangelizing and they're doing all these things. And so Paul and Timothy have been together. And after all this, after this time, after the, when they've been together, kind of what ends up happening is Paul sees Timothy as a capable leader, as a responsible uh, man of God. And so he, he appoints him to be over the church at Ephesus. And if you guys have read the letter to the Ephesians, you know there's a lot of stuff going on in that church. There's a lot of stuff with idolatry and a bunch of other kind of sin patterns that these people were trapped in. And so Timothy is now in charge of this church. And that's no small task, right? He's probably freaking out. He's probably wondering what he's going to do without Paul. And so Paul writes Timothy these two letters, First and Second Timothy. We're going to be reading some from First uh, Timothy today. And it's about, it's kind of advice for him to be a good Christian leader, and they're, what I'm calling, he's giving Timothy these pro tips for perseverance, for perseverance, because this, in the Greek world, there's, like I said, there's all kinds of idolatry, there's all kinds of pressure on all sides to give in to temptation and not be faithful to the gospel, and so Paul sees Timothy and says, okay, I need to encourage him, I need to edify him, I need to build him up, and so that's kind of what the, the book, excuse me, the book of First Timothy is about. And if we're honest, I think that's what we need as well. Uh, we're going to read from 1 Timothy chapter 6, like I said, starting in verse 11. And I'm taking Paul's advice to Timothy, and I'm applying it to us because I think it's just as relevant for us today. And so these are, calling, these are what I'm calling Will's post-camp pro tips, but really they're, they're from Paul, so I kind of stole them. But um, I'm going to give him some credit there. So 
we're going to start with pro tip number one. And I intended to have a thing to print out for you guys, but just either jot these down or if you've got a notebook, um, you can write them down or just reflect on them as we're talking about them. But pro tip number one is flee from temptation. Flee from temptation. So I think camp actually, if you guys have noticed, makes not giving in to our temptations a lot easier. And I think that's because I didn't, I was just thinking about this the other day, I hadn't really consciously realized this, but a lot of our temptations are often rooted in technology. So you, if you struggle with like comparison or jealousy, a lot of where that comes from is when we're scrolling through our Instagram or our Twitter feeds and we're seeing people doing things without us and we're seeing things that people have that we don't have that we want and that's where a lot of those things come from. And just honestly, a lot of the sins that we give into come really easily when we have access to the internet and good Wi-Fi and we just don't think about consciously resisting them because it's just so easy to give into them. And when you get out in the wilderness, unless you have Verizon, you won't really have self-service up at camp and that's one of the reasons we go. That's why we love it. And um, we realize that when we're up there that there's another option, right? That we don't have to give in to temptation that there is a better way and that God wants more for us than that. And so uh, I'm going to start reading in verse 11. This is 1 Timothy chapter 6. And Paul writes this to Timothy. And he says man of God in this phrase. Ladies, this also applies to you, but he's writing it to Timothy. So he says this. But you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. And I think it's important to notice Paul's language here because uh, he says flee from temptation. And that's a really strong word. Paul's this dude that has a ton of kind of like strong language and he's all about that. But he doesn't say uh, be casual about temptation. He doesn't say just kind of feel it out and trust yourself and then maybe, uh, no, he says flee, right? And we should always be moving away from our temptations. We should always be in a process of battling those things and of walking away from them. But I think that there's times literally where we need to flee. And I mean that in the sense of like, if we're talking about those technological things, that sometimes you just need to like chuck your phone on your bed and just run out of your room, like literally flee from your temptations. And that's not always applicable, right? But it's just this kind of action, this, this status of your heart to not just be like, oh, let me see how close I can get to my temptation without giving in. Paul says like, no, turn around and run the other way. Right? You're not supposed to just like, oh, it's okay. Like, I got this. Paul is saying flee from temptation. So that's pro tip number one. Number two is abide in community. Abide in community. And another reason I love camp is that we're no longer just in our own houses or with our own friends in our own social circles at school. But we get crammed into a cabin that is like low-key definitely breaking fire code, right? <laughs> Freshman boys, if all your beds are blocking the door, um, it's okay. Um, community, right? We actually get to be together. We get to be together in real community where uh, we will talk about these real things. Um, but I don't know if you guys have experienced this before, but I have noticed that at least in my own life, I have felt I can feel alone when I'm surrounded by a group of people. You know, just, just because um, we're living life and we're going to school and we're, we are in these social circles, like, doesn't mean that we have those real heart connections. 
with the people that are around us. And that's something that changes when we're together at camp. Um, and in the, in the case of the senior men, uh, I'm putting them on the spot a lot today because I was with them at camp. But a lot of us were putting on this kind of mask of normal life. And you don't even realize you're doing this. But the common response when someone asks you, like, oh, how are you doing? Just inherently, what do you say to that? Oh, I'm good. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm great. Um, and maybe you are doing fine or great or good. And I don't want to, like, that's sometimes just a, a convenient response because you don't have time to, like, pour out your heart to that person. Or you shouldn't pour out your heart to that person because you don't know them very well. But I think we just get into this pattern of I'm cruising. I'm, I'm kind of just going through the motions. And I'm not actually analyzing how I'm doing. I'm not actually having those real uh, conversations. And um, I just wanted to put our very own Andrew Gasser on the spot uh, because um, it's not always like just to realize that, oh, our lives are hard or bad things are going on. Sometimes we need other people in our lives to, to realize how faithful God has been to us. And so Andrew Gasser has been coming to Trinity for a while now, and he's just kind of been on his own journey, figuring stuff out with God himself and in, in our senior guy community. But for the very first time uh, at Forest Home Winter Camp, uh, Andrew Gasser dedicated his life to Jesus. And I want to give that up for him. Um, um, super exciting. And I know that there are some other people here that did that as well, which is just so awesome. Everyone's looking at Gasser now. That's okay. <laughs> Sorry, I told you I was going to do this, though. So um, Andrew just realized, and I, I wanna, don't want to speak for you here, and I hope this is true, so tell me if it's not. But um, Andrew realized that God had been working in his life all of this time, where God had been pursuing him. God had been wanting to know him and be in a direct, intimate relationship with him. And Andrew, kind of accepting Jesus, making a decision for Jesus, is just realizing that you know, he's been in your life this whole time. And that was just something that we needed Gasser kind of realized in community. And one of the beautiful things about community is we can point back and say, yeah, I saw God working in your life this whole time. And that's just one of the beautiful things that really comes out at camp. And it's something that we should continue to work toward, to strive toward. And that's just how we should live our lives because I think that's how we were intended to live our lives. And so... Um, Paul continues on in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, and he says this. This might be up on the screen. I think I put the verses up there. Uh, fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. In, in the presence of who? What does it say? Many. many witnesses. Yeah. And I love that. The witnesses at Trinity, the witnesses here, that's your class, that's your counselor, and that is, as a whole, really your church family. Uh, these are the people that you're going to need to rely on. Uh, see what I did there? Because we, okay, we just talked about that on Wednesday. It's all right. It's already behind you guys. That's fine. Um, listen to the podcast if you haven't heard it. Um, those are the people that you're going to need to count on moving forward. And the people that we should continue to live life with. Because, and Anthony said this at camp, that really as a community, as a church family, we are truly better together. And that's one of those things where you hear it and you're like, you either think of the Jack Johnson song or you're like, oh, that's like, oh, that's that lame cliche thing. But it is true, right? It is like something that you've heard so many times, but I really do believe that's true. So pro tip number two, abide in community. Pro tip number three, persevere through pressure. Persevere through pressure. 
And in the first pro tip, Paul's talking a lot about how to flee from temptation, uh, to run away from those things. And I've had this tendency in my own life, and maybe you guys have experienced this too, where you think that, okay, I've beaten this temptation like once or twice, and that means that like, you've, you've, you've mastered it. Or like, okay, I'm the boss now. I got this. Um, and you're kinda, you get this sense of confidence going and um, that you're really no longer going to struggle with those things. And it can be lots of things, right? It could be pride. Uh, it could be just being rude to people in your life um, that care for you. And so it could just, just be all these things. And you can get into a mindset where if you've kind of... Um, if you've kind of overcome that habit once or twice, that like, okay, I'm no longer going to struggle with whatever that thing in my life is. Um, but in a similar way, uh, camp challenges us to put into practice new habits for our faith. Uh, maybe you decided to read your Bible more or meet more regularly, regularly with your counselor, uh, which you should do. And um, those are awesome things. But we talked, again, with the senior men about how sometimes we... Uh, we either do all of these things, we resist temptation out of obligation or fear, uh, or we want to put these new practices uh, into our lives because we think that we have to do a thing to kind of check our spiritual box. But really, it just needs to come from a place of just true motivation uh, rooted in Jesus. Because if we have those sources of motivation that are, are either fear or, uh, or guilt or something like that, uh, for resisting our temptations, or we think that we have to uh, read our Bible, meet with our counselor, because um, you, you just do it, because that's like what you see other people doing. That's not something that's going to last, because there will be pressure that's going to come at you guys, especially after you've made these decisions at camp. You will experience pressure from your peers, um, temptation, I think, and pressure coming from the enemy, uh, that is going to be coming at you guys. And that's not to scare you, but it is to say um, that it, it, it won't necessarily be easy as you've made kind of these decisions where if you truly want to change your life, if you truly want to put these things into practice for Jesus, that you will have this pressure that's going to come at you guys that doesn't want you to succeed in the, the, the decisions that you've made as you walk forward from camp. And so... Paul calls us to persevere in verses 13 and 14. Uh, so we can go ahead and look there for a second. Uh, and he says, In the sight of God, who gives life to everything, and of Christ Jesus, who testifying before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, I charge you to keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so when, when I first read that, I thought that, that Paul was saying to Timothy that, Timothy, you've got to be perfect you got to do all the right things, and you have to persevere against pressure, and there's no room for error. Um, but I really don't think that that's what he was saying at all, um, because it's not possible to be perfect. It's not possible to just reach this level where you're not going to like kind of struggle with any kind of temptation. Um, but I think what he's telling Timothy to do um, is to lean on the one who is perfect, and that's Jesus. And those, that's how, if you lean on Jesus, if you build your house on the rock, which is Jesus, there's that metaphor in Matthew, um, that's how those decisions are going to last. That's how you'll move forward in these things, and that's how you'll persevere through the pressure that you'll experience, is if you build your life on Jesus, and all those decisions are ultimately rooted in him. So that's pro tip number three, persevere through pressure. And the last one, pro tip number four, is to grow by giving. 
grow by giving. I think one of the reasons that um, the decisions that we make often at camp are forgotten about or given up on uh, is because they seem unattainable to us or that we don't plan ahead. We just expect that these things are going to happen naturally. And then we either just get discouraged and quit or it just kind of fades kind of into the background. But anyone who is a student who's working hard to keep their grades up will tell you that that just doesn't happen automatically. I wish that it did because I'm in school and sometimes I wish that my grades would just stay high. But that's not how that works. And change and growth are two things that you have to actively participate in. And I need you guys to hear me say today that your faith isn't determined by what you do. It's not how much you read your Bible or how much of a super Christian you feel like you're being. Um, that's not determining the quality uh, of your faith. But um, serving, uh, it's one of the ways, giving, giving uh, getting involved through service, that's one of those things um, that God is already doing all these things in our community and in our world, and our motivation for doing them is God's already doing them. He's already at work in our communities and in the world, and that's something that we actively get to participate in and that we're challenged um, by Paul and by Jesus to, to participate in. And so uh, if you have your Bibles open still, skipping down to verse 18, uh, Paul writes this, "'Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share.'" In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. And so, would you guys realize today that growing in your faith is about more than just you and Jesus? That's a good place to start, to figure out what's going on in your heart and your own relationship with Jesus. But from there, we're challenged and called to love others. And that's one of the ways that we're going to actively be growing in our faith. And so there's a couple opportunities that are coming up at Trinity. Cody announced them already, but uh, we're doing the 30-hour famine next Friday to Saturday, March 1st and 2nd from 5 p.m. to 5 p.m. And if you're trying to do the whole 30 hours, you start at noon. Um, you stop eating at noon. But it's just something that if you guys want to know what's happening in the world, if you want to know how uh, Jesus, we're doing this cool sermon series coming up called What Would Jesus Undo? And it's all these things in the world and in society, like poverty and injustice and hunger and these things that we think, oh, we have, bless you, uh, that we have no control over that. Bless you. Uh, no control over that or uh, there's nothing we can do about that. And you guys, a lot of the world thinks that you can't do anything about that because you guys are a teenager. And a lot of the world thinks that you just won't care about those things because you're a teenager. But the 30-hour famine is something where you get to step up and get involved and say that you do care that there is something that you can do about it. So if you need more details on that or you didn't get to sign up on the sign-in sheet, come talk to me or Cody or one of the other counselors. We'd love to get you guys plugged in. And we also have our Mexico trip coming up. Applications are due this coming Wednesday. And I would highly recommend you guys to fill one out if that's something that you're interested in. Uh, it's, you know, Mexico is so close to us, but it's really this whole different place where we get to experience uh, another culture and work with this church down there, a guy named Pastor Marcos, who I've never met, but Joel has told me on numerous occasions, is just this wonderful, loving man who's doing a lot of amazing work down in Mexico with uh, youth. They're trying to actually start their own high school youth ministry, which is awesome. There's a special needs ministry going on down there, which is uh, just something, if you've been to a door or you've worked with kids with special needs before, it's just such a, a life-changing thing to experience that. 
If you love singing songs and playing games, there's a ton of soccer that happens, and there's just all these skits and games and things that we do in Mexico. So those are just a couple of the ways that you can get involved with what's happening at Trinity, how you can grow by giving in your faith and knowing that ultimately, um, as you progress in your faith, it's about more than just you and Jesus. So, friends, today I dare you to flee from temptation, to abide in community, to persevere through pressure, and to grow by giving. Would you guys pray with me? God, thank you so much for camp and just the amazingness uh, that that brings, the decisions that were made there, the lives that were changed, God. And, and even if we didn't attend, God, that we got to hear how you were faithful up at camp uh, and how you did things in the lives of our friends who we love, God. But would you also help us to realize that uh, there are so many ways, whether it was just a decision we made at camp or a, a decision we've made in our faith recently, God, that there's so much more that you want for us, God. You, you want us to flee from temptation and persevere through the pressure, God, because you have more for us than those things. Uh, we don't want to settle for less than what you have for us, God. And so would we go all in, God, whatever that looks like for us, if that's doing 30-hour famine or Mexico, or if it's little things like just cleaning up in the well room or helping around the house, God, whatever ways uh, we can commit to growing by giving in you. Uh, so we love you, and it's your name we pray. Amen.